Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Cam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans. Welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Cam, Renee, and Front Row Kenny. How are you guys doing? What it do, Renee? How are you, Kenny? Yo, what's going on? How y'all feeling? Before I answer that question, I just want to preference it by saying what goes on in Vegas stays in Vegas. What happened in Vegas is going to stay in Vegas. Don't ask me about Vegas and whatever else you can think about about Vegas. Because what happened in Vegas is going to stay in Vegas aside from the race. Okay, you got it. Okay. So what happened in Vegas? (laughs) Well, what happened was Renee Garcia wasn't in Vegas. Renee, who's always in Las Vegas, Mm -hmm. wasn't in Vegas when Tam decided to drop down in Las Vegas. Yeah. You don't know how bad I'm hating myself for that, Tam. I, I really <laughs> wanted to be there for you. I, as you both know, I couldn't make Vegas because I ended up getting um, a gig down in uh, Texas. And But it was in one of my hometowns, which is San Antonio, my home away from home, Houston, San Antonio. They're both my home away from home. But it's so in, so nice and enjoyable to perform for family. And uh, because when I do Tam, when I do Kenny, I do nothing but eat, drink, perform, more eat. More drink and more performing. <laughs> and uh, I can't begin to tell you how much, not so much the drinking and performing, but I ate literally so much that I'm sure I probably gained about five pounds, which y'all both know I'm a little thin. I'm a little on the thin side. So so the, that extra food might have helped me out a little bit. <laughs> so, Renee, my question is, you abandoned me in Las Vegas and you weren't even in Dallas at Jerry's World. You're down in San Antonio. Yeah. (laughs) What is it called? The what's the thing on the water? Oh, the Riverwalk. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't even go to the Riverwalk. That's just so crazy. I didn't go to the Riverwalk. I didn't do anything. I didn't go to Jerry's World. I didn't. Oh my God. It was just good to see family, Tam. But I just hated the fact that once I found out that you decided to paint the town red, I wasn't there. Yeah, I painted the town a little bit. But oh, before I go any further, I want to give a shout out to the good folks at Cox Automotive. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This trip to Las Vegas was hosted by Auto Trader, who was the primary on the number two car, as in Brad Keselowski. They rolled out the red carpet for me and the other guests that they hosted. If you guys follow me on Twitter or if you or on All Turns No Breaks Twitter, you had an opportunity to see some of the stuff where I went live from the track. But most importantly, I sat down with Brad Keselowski and we talked NASCAR for a solid 30 minutes. How cool is that? Because usually you don't get that type of access to drivers where you pull up to their motorhome and they pull out their rocking chairs legitimately Brad Kozlowski had two rocking chairs outside and we sat and we talked NASCAR for 30 minutes. And when I tell you the questions, I couldn't even like I couldn't stop asking questions once I got started. (laughs) I think that's awesome because Kenny, Tam, you both know that a lot of times when you pull up to uh, the trailer homes like that, it's just are the trailers like that. It's weird because uh, 
It's almost like they don't want to be bothered. But the fact that he actually welcomed you like that, how could you run out of questions? I, I don't even know if I would have been able to shut up. I think I would have been, I think I would have irritated him at some point. <laughs> well, I will say this, and he and I, we actually talked about Joseph Newgarden, who is a Penske mm -hmm. guy. I'm sure you guys know he is an IndyCar champ. Right. And I told him that my interaction with Joseph Newgarden when I met him made me a forever fan of his. And with Brad Keselowski, I thought the same. I didn't really have opinions one way or the other about Brad Keselowski. After my interaction with Joseph Newgarden, I became a forever fan. And I feel that way with Brad Keselowski. I guess I was a little bit indifferent because, not because I didn't have interaction with him, but Brad is even kill like, if you've heard me talk about Brad in the past, one thing I've always respected him as a driver as well as his knowledge. But now I can honestly say sitting down with him, I'm a forever fan because he's just super cool. And again, shout out to Auto Trader for making that happen. It was a great weekend. And Brad came in third place, which was pretty cool. It would have been great for him to actually make it to victory lane because I would have had an opportunity to go to victory lane if he would have won. But hey, I have no complaints. He actually not only sat down and gave me a 30 minute interview, he came up to the auto trader suite where there were a bunch of fans and a bunch of auto trader folks. And he came up and talked to us. He signed some autographs. In fact, two of the diecasts that I have I brought my two auto trader diecasts with me to the track and he was able to sign them. So that was oh, huge. That's awesome. Yep. I'm excited. Oh, it's crazy because just when you think you dislike a guy for, for whatever reason. Whether well, I didn't say I disliked him or anything. No, no, I, I, no, no, no. I'm saying in general, like there's people out there, not you, not me or Kenny, or I'm not uh, speaking in specific uh, terms of this fight, specific people like either one of us but i'm saying it's funny how people in general whether whether they they're just not fans of brad or they're just not fans of of that driver or this driver for whatever reasons that they think that they don't like that driver it's amazing how it takes just a, a moment of just to actually really get to know that driver off the track out of that numbered car and realize they're just people like you and i and they uh um, they, they, they actually do have personalities. Sometimes it just takes uh, somebody to pry it a little bit more out of them. And I, I like the way that you said that about Brad, because you're like, wow, you know what I mean? Maybe I might not have been a big fan, but now I am a, a, a bigger fan because of the, uh, just, just the 30 minute conversation and interview that you had. And I think that's awesome. We're going to jump into some talk about NASCAR's biggest personality and what happened this weekend, but just stand with Brad Keselowski, because I actually, and I'll post some of the interview questions later this week that we discussed. But one of the mm -hmm. questions that I asked him was whether or not he felt NASCAR needed more personality. And he was like, ooh, the personality question. So I'm, I'm assuming other people have asked that question, but yeah, yeah, it was just great. But before we jump into Vegas a little bit deeper, and I mentioned Kyle Bush, because of course we're going to talk about Kyle Bush, because I feel as if Kyle Bush overshadowed Martin Truex Jr.'s win this weekend. Kenny, how was your weekend? My weekend was pretty good. Can't really complain. It was very relaxed. The new NASCAR Heat 4 that just released. 
came out and I got a copy a little bit early. So it was pretty cool to play that. And the first race I actually ran was at Las Vegas at nighttime. So that was kind of cool. But other than that, it was really relaxed. Went to church on Sunday. Can't complain at all. Okay. Well, look at church boy Kenny getting it in. I'm telling you, man. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let's jump into this top 10 at Las Vegas, as well as some notables. And from there, I'll go straight into what the playoff picture is looking like after our first race in Las Vegas for the playoffs. And then we are going to jump knee deep, as in knee deep, into some driver talk because it's a lot going on. Yes, there is. So hold those thoughts. You guys ready for this top 10? Let's do it. This is just a recap. Martin Truex Jr. won the race. Kevin Harvick came in second. Brad Keselowski third. Chase Elliott fourth. Ryan Blaney fifth. Alex Bowman sixth. William Byron seventh. Kyle Larson eighth. Joy Logano ninth. And 10th place was Ryan Newman. All 10 of the top 10 are all playoff drivers. So that's actually good to hear. These guys are not playing games. Everybody wants to go to the next level of the playoffs notables eric amarola and these are just pretty much the notables are going to be the rest of the playoff drivers so eric amarola who is in the playoffs came in 13th denny hamlin i was a little disappointed with denny but denny came in 15th and that's only because denny is my pick to win the championship so i would have expected him to at least get a top five Kyle Bush, whoo, Kyle Bush, rowdy was rowdy this weekend. <laughs> he came in 19th, and Clint Boyer, who was our pole sitter, and if I'm not mistaken, it was his first pole since 2007, he showed up to Vegas, and he must have been showing out off the track and maybe too many beers. I'm, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put that on Clint because we know that he wasn't drinking, but he came in 25th place. How does that happen? But here's the thing. It's two more playoff drivers who came in worse place than he did. Eric Jones came in 36th and Kurt Busch came in 39th. And I'm a little bit more than a little bit disappointed with Kurt. Like, dude, this is your home track. You was the last driver that wasn't his fault, in the field. You know what I mean? Whatever. However you want to slice it up. <laughs> Kurt and Kyle are at home. What happened? Playoff pitcher, as you guys know, only 12 drivers are going to the next round of the playoffs. Your 12 drivers that will advance, and that's if the playoffs started today. Martin Truex Jr., because he won, so he is in. Harvick, Joy Logano, Kyle Busch, Brad Kozlowski, Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, Kyle Larson, who did not win a race. He would actually advance if the playoffs started today. William Byron, as well as Blaney, neither one of them won a race. Alex Bowman did win a race. And Eric Amarola would be the last playoff driver advancing to the round of 12. That means Ryan Newman, Kurt Busch, Clint Boyer, and Eric Jones are out. They better do better next week. That's where we're at. So let the comments roll off. Kenny, what do you want to jump into? You want to talk about Kyle Busch? I know there's some additional conversation to be had in regards to your boy Hemrick being out of a ride at RCR. 
The fans are upset. Fans have so much to say. As our good friends over at PETM podcast, I posted on Twitter. I was like, what should we talk about on the podcast episode this week? And they were like, you're not short for anything to talk about this week. So, Kenny, what say you? I'll let you take the lead on this. All right. So the Kyle Bush incident itself was probably the most polarizing one out of the entire weekend. The Hemrick Ooh. thing come, came second as the day we're recording this. The news came out that he won't be in RCR equipment next year. And so he'll be looking for a new ride. But the Kyle Bush thing got a lot of people pretty pissed off. So Kyle Bush, late in the race, got into a lap car. The lap car was the driver was Gareth Smithley. He got into him. His splitter was pretty much done for. And that was all she wrote for his car. So he got in the way. And then after that, he went to do what Kyle always does. He got in the interview, said what he had to say. He was very vocal about the fact that he was a, in quote, field filler. This isn't coming from me, by the way. Field filler was his words. So that's what he thought about him because he was in his way. They were on the same line. And so when Kyle ran into him, that was it. But I think a lot of people were mad because he was attacking them and he was saying that, you know, he shouldn't be here. He doesn't even have a late model start or any of that, anything of that nature, which is true, 100%. But there were also some people who were saying that Kyle should have just moved out of his way. Well, here's the thing. He probably couldn't have. When we got the current package of where it's at, there's so much corner speed. Once you commit to a line, you're stuck. You're not going anywhere. You can't make a sudden movement where you're just going to get around somebody anymore. That's just not going to work. It wouldn't work in that situation. It wouldn't work for anybody else. So it was tough, but a lot of people were, you know, mad at Kyle Busch for being Kyle Busch. It's kind of crazy if you ask me. How was it being there at Las Vegas experiencing all that, Tam? That's just it. I wasn't really aware of the Kyle Busch situation until after the fact. And and that's kind of, I know that's crazy, but that's the drawback of sometimes being on the track. And that for right. this particular race, I didn't go in the media center after the race. So I was a bit clueless to everything that was going on, to be honest, until maybe even the next day because I went partying that night. So, <laughs> oh, so so a little bit of, his, of what happened in Vegas is coming out. Just well, okay. So here's the thing. Just a little bit, right? I actually got, when I got back to the hotel, we went straight, well, we went straight to dinner and the place that we were eating at was a little bit more, as they would say, upscale. And we were coming from the track a little bit sweaty with shorts on. So we ran upstairs really quick and changed. And then we were at dinner to probably about 10 o'clock and I legitimately went to bed. I didn't go out until one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Man. That's Vegas time. And that's actually early for Vegas. If you don't know, say. if you don't know much about <laughs> Vegas, one o'clock and it was probably more like one thirty when I got in. But that's early for Vegas. So saying that to say there wasn't a big window for me to digest the news. Like I kind of chimed in on Twitter a little bit, but we actually did great time. Like Las Vegas Motor Speedway is one of the easiest tracks in terms of getting in and out. Legitimately, when Martin Truex Jr. was doing his burnouts, we were already to the car oh, wow. and we were out the track. And again, oh, that's, yeah. 
Yeah, that's a little bit different because I have a tendency to stay at the track at least two hours after the race. I'm never in a rush. I like to go in the media center. So I'm a little bit disconnected from that. But I will say the race was really great. I did all of the track, meaning that I've watched some of the race from the pits. I've watched some of the race inside the media center. I've watched some of the race from the sweet box. I actually sat in the stands and just a FYI, because I feel bad for saying this, do not take it any other way, but Mm -hmm. I never sit in the stands, let alone I sat in the first row. Shout out to my girl, Rachel, who's a most excellent photographer. We'll be posting some of her photos from Las Vegas throughout the week. Rachel was down there shooting the cars. So I came down there and I didn't have my earplugs in and probably about the third time they went around, I was like, yeah, this is not good for my hearing. I'm going to have to exit the spot Mm. because it was a little intense. And every time they came around, my ears were like, okay, (laughs) this is not the move. Where's your earplugs? (laughs) But saying that to say, so I got a chance to experience the race from every angle. But with that being said, what I did notice and just kind of a note to myself, when you're in the stands, you're not that aware of everything that's going on versus when you're in the pits. When I'm in the pits, I'm actually watching the different TVs, whether it's the Jumbotron or the TVs from the actual pit. For those who have never experienced a race from the pit, each pit, well, if you're a higher end team, you have a TV that's built in that picks up the feed. So you know what's going on. At one point, we were under caution when I was in the stands, and I was clueless as to why we were under caution. Guess if you have the radio on and the scanners, but I didn't have a scanner, so I had to go back to the other side. Yeah, Yeah. so I found that to be interesting. Well, I I tell you something. I'll give my little two cents about the uh, the whole Kyle Busch thing. And Tam, we touched on it very quick before we started the podcast. But I remember you said you made the comment of going, "Yeah, it, it was almost like as if Kyle Busch." or Kyle Busch did overshadow Martin Truex's win. And I, I would have to agree with you because, um, well, first of all, let's talk about that beard. I think that overshadowed anything, first of all. Um, <laughs> I, I almost didn't even re- – I was like, man, that sounds like Kyle Busch. That looks like Kyle Busch, but is that Kyle Busch? And then you realize, you're going, man, what's, what's up with that beard? And then you're like, okay, well, whatever. But it's, it's, um, it's amazing how, you know, somebody's personality can really, like, take over and just, like, outshine almost an entire event. But that's Kyle Busch. We're all used to that. We know how rowdy is. And as far as getting into the guys who were just uh, not part of the race, and I heard what he said, Kenny. I read what he said. I heard the interview. And you can almost kind of go both ways on this. And a part of me kind of wants to say Kenny and Tam. This is one reason why I think there are too many people in, like what we talked about in previous episodes, there's too many people in the playoff. There's too many people on the track. Uh, how do we eliminate those people? And uh, I don't have an answer, so I'm not going to get too much into it. But on the flip side of that, it's like, well, you can't get mad at those guys. It does go back package. This is this is what it is, and, and he knows this, and they know this. And how do they expect the other guys to respond to Kyle? I thought they responded in, in the most utmost respectable professional fashion that they could. Well, you know what? Maybe I should just not listen to my spotter. Maybe I should have just stayed in one spot and just let everybody go around me. I'm not saying that they tried to deliberately get in their way or they deliberately tried to get in Kyle Bush's way. The spotter told them to do this, and they did that. And 
it just happened to get, you know, in Kyle's way. And then there you go with that whole fiasco. Well, I want to add something to that. You mentioned the beard. Jimmy's lack of a beard was... (laughs) (laughs) No, this guy legitimate, like he rolled past us on the golf cart. And Mm -hmm. I was like, that was Jimmy. What? 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 He just looked... He, like a little kid, right? Yeah, it was almost <laughs> like the people always make the joke and say that Tom Brady looks younger and younger. That was what Jimmy was given. But mm. he definitely is not driving like the young Jimmy because. <laughs> <laughs> definitely Dude, not. I think he came in 11th, if I'm not mistaken. But Jesus, amen. <laughs> yeah. And one other comment I was going to make going back to the Kyle Bush. So, as you guys are aware, Marshawn Lynch was the grand marshal of mm-hmm. the race. He showed up in true Marshawn Lynch fashion. He wore a black hoodie the entire... I saw him at least five different times. And he <laughs> had on a black hoodie and he had the... I was like, dude, it is 105 degrees. Okay. And then an extra 15 <laughs> degrees at the track. Why are oh. you dressed in all black and why do you have this hoodie on? And I said, well, maybe he protecting his skin. I have no idea. But I felt as if Kyle Bush was channeling his Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's a good assessment. <laughs> yeah, that's, so. that's perfect. Well, do you guys want to talk about I just had one more thing to say about the the Kyle Busch incident because Renee, what you said is actually what a couple fans have actually suggested more so to cut the field down. Well, I think we're probably cut down as far as they should go to me. Yeah. We're at about 38 cars on average each week. Now, for the playoff sake, I do think you should cut it and ha- cut it down just a little more because 16 is almost half the field really making it. If yeah. you chop mm-hmm. it down to 12, then I think we've got something completely different. You probably got a, a much, much tighter race to get into the playoffs because typically that bottom four doesn't make it through. But everyone has talked about Kyle Bush and how he's been rude with this and how he's so nasty about it. Well, guess what? I'm pretty sure there's a lot of fans who have in the past loved Jeff Gordon. We'll take a rewind way, way back to 2004 at Darlington. So... Jeff Gordon actually had an incident. Same thing with Tony Stewart as well, who started the this exact incident. So Tony Stewart got into the back of a driver by the name of Andy Hillenberg, who was a starting park car at Darlington that weekend. So Tony got into him because he was a slower car. So Tony, being Tony Stewart, just moved him out the way and he got loose. And Jeff Gordon was right behind him, gets taken out maybe 29 laps into the race. And of course, his interview, he mentions that he, at the time, he thought NASCAR was recruiting field fillers or starting park drivers to add to the field just to have them. And he was calling for not to have them in the field or not to even have any extra cars out there. I think that's just a tad far. But again, I still think this is just an emotion thing. And that's just what happened. And Kyle Busch, of course, being Kyle Busch, did not let anything back on Sunday. (laughs) Because <laughs> that's just what type of competitor he is. That's how he always has been. If you go way back from when he started, he's been the same. It ain't changed one bit. So that's just that on the Kyle Busch thing. I think that's just about all I can say about it. Well, here's a question out of left field. And I think we talked about this on a previous podcast last year or maybe year before. Should the drivers that aren't in the playoffs go home and not even drive? No, you... <laughs> That would be a bad idea. I think that would be a very bad idea if they even 
teeter to doing something like that. It would be bad on the end of thinking of sponsors. If you tell a sponsor, if this guy gets out and they lose out early, I don't have any more time with them on the track for the rest of the season. I don't yep. think that'll bode well. I think that's where the issue will lie at. I get it in the sense of elimination, but I don't think it'll ever work in NASCAR. I just thought I would throw that out there. Because no, 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 for sure. Every sport, <laughs> yeah. you're done. You go home. That is true. That that is that is very. <laughs> and true in about NASCAR, the you got drivers that clearly can still drive. But I kind of, I don't, I, I think it's a little bit rude the language, the name calling that Kyle Busch did. Yeah. <laughs> but it is really the truth. So yeah. here's the thing: reading all the comments, people love to hate Kyle Busch, and I don't know why because. He gives you everything. He makes you laugh. He gives you his honest opinion. It's sometimes it's hard to accept the truth. As what was the movie where Jack Nicholson said, you can't handle the truth. Yeah, a few good men. <laughs> yeah, a few good men. In this case, it was just a few good, uh, filth. Stop. Wait, what did he call them? Phil. Field yeah. fillers. Field fillers. Oh my God, that was yeah. a tongue twister. <laughs> so the movie, yeah. A Few Good Men. Okay, all the F words. Well, did somebody drop the F bomb yet? No. Okay, no, well, I don't think so. it was almost <laughs> dropped. And we're not going to jump into it because we're going to leave that mess to Twitter. But Kyle has some words for Jeff Gluck. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. He has some words for whoever wanted to get it. How about that? Yeah, hey, anybody that's true. wanted that smoke, I promise you. <laughs> yeah. But he's I, Kyle. He's the best damn driver in the Cup Series. And he has one of the best damn personalities. Can't nobody take that away. I promise you. Well, here's an argument that I saw somebody said he only won one championship. True. But That's then fair. that goes back to the conversation that I had with Brad Keselowski and just kind of paraphrasing what he said. Because the series has changed so much, he doesn't believe we'll ever see dominance the way we saw with jimmy johnson i think he's correct because of the way this format is i mean i know we don't do the truck series on this podcast but on friday night two trucks that were in the playoffs one being the regular season champion grant Enfinger from thor motorsports both of their trucks went out at the same i saw that time broke at the same exact time and guess what? Now Grant Ainfinger, who won the regular season championship, is not advancing to the next round. That is essentially the reason why it'll be very, very hard for someone to do what Jimmy Johnson did. You know what I mean? How many races are in the first round of the playoffs in the truck season? So they've already done their first three. They did their first three. They were at Canadian Motorsports Park. Bristol, and then here. And then they're off for a little while until we get to Talladega. I don't know why I felt like it was only two, but it was three races. I think we should start all the playoffs at the same time. I think that would do justice because Xfinity is starting theirs this weekend. And now everybody is up. Yeah, what happened to Jesse Iwuchi? I saw something vaguely. I still don't know if he what happened to him. I still don't know if he lost his brakes or the throttle was stuck. I wasn't 100% sure what happened, but he hit the wall hard. I mean, that was hard, but I'm glad he's okay because that really could have went real, real bad real quick. If you saw the video, there was a couple people down the pits like right next to that wall and they had to run away. Wow. His name had came up and we talked about it and there was some conversation about Natalie Decker. Oh, that's oh, bad. Bless that sounds heart. that sounds bad that I said his name came up with Natalie Decker, but 
I feel bad for her, honestly. I I just really feel bad for her. She can't not not wreck. Somebody said that somebody's words were she has the perfect last name for what she does on the track. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to leave that alone. Okay, let's move on. Do you you guys want to talk about Kurt Busch, Joey Logano? I know there was some little tangle with Blaney and Byron. Yeah. Well, I think the Logano thing, you guys, is kind of, uh, I don't know, we can literally lump that into uh, the same problem that, that Kyle Bush had. But, uh, you know, Logano is probably the only other guy that gets just as frustrated as Kyle Bush does, you know? I'm not saying he's on as the, the level as Kyle Bush, but uh, he's the only other driver that I know that, that gets emotional like that when things don't go his way. And for all intents and Yeah. I don't I mean, have to disagree with that one because Joy he, still does everything with a smile on his face, and he's never really sarcastic. But he's a nice that, kid, well, <laughs> kind of true. Yeah. <laughs> but you're entitled to your opinion. But go ahead. Yeah, I'm just saying because it's like Logano's sitting there t- talking about how frustrated he is, and uh, you know we had the best car. You know what? Maybe maybe they did have the best car. I thought they had a good car that day, but. Uh, it just all goes back to what we were talking about with Kyle Busch. I don't know what the answer is. Nobody really knows what the answer is. You know, uh, what do you do with all these other drivers? And you just get into them. They get in the way. You got to go around them. And you can't go around them. And, and then you throw the package in there, just like Kenny said. And it's just, uh, it's just so frustrating. It's frustrating talking about it. So I can understand how much frustrating Logano was. And he's in the car and actually driving on the track in the race. So uh, I, I, I can understand his frustration. Joy is joy, and it was what it was, and I'm going to leave that alone. He had a good day. I think that's where the frustration uh, lie for him because he led 105 laps. I mean, Penske was trimmed Mm -hmm. out very early in the run when when the sun was still up. They had it going. Stuart Haas had it going pretty well. They all were trimmed out as far as they could. They had plenty of grip. They had no issues. But once the night started to fall just enough, it seemed like they kind of faded away and and that pretty much resulted in his ninth place finish. But, you know, solid day still for him. I do want to <laughs> add something to that since you talked about the day and night. We kept saying, how are we going to be racing under the lights? Because it's the West Coast. It'll get dark around 7, 730. Personally, I felt the race should have been pushed back a half an hour. So we truly got more time under the lights. But that was just my thoughts on that. No, I agree. Because it would have been a different race. You would have probably seen more comers and goers if we had half of that race in the day. And then the uh, the latter half of it in the night, I think it would have been much better because it was hot and slick. And then in the night, everything becomes way, way more grippier. So, yeah, it would have made a big difference, I think. But it was a good race. I enjoyed it, honestly. So, do we want to talk about Blaney and Byron, or do we want to move on to the Daniel Hemrick news? We can uh, move to the Hemrick news. Yeah, let's thing. do that. Jump right in, Kenny. Look, All right, Kenny. <laughs> so, if you guys do not know, if you've been living under a rock, Daniel Hemrick will no longer be in RCR equipment next year. He'll be looking for a new ride going into 2020. And so with that being said, in all likelihood, Tyler Reddick, who is last year's NASCAR Xfinity Series champion, will in all likelihood be moving up to that car next year. So he'll be the new driver. He seems like he's ready for it is what many people think. And I can totally understand he's a mega talent, but that leaves Daniel Hemrick out in the dry. Now, it sucks because this is his rookie year. 
And statistically, he's more consistent than Austin Dillon on paper this year. But he's getting the tough end of the stick. And this is where money comes into play. And that's the issue. Tyler Reddick's getting ready to bring up $5 million with him to Cup. So that helps him out. That's going to be a big benefit for him. And just like we all should know by now, in this sport, now at this point, money truly talks. And I mean money really, really talks. Unfortunately, Daniel Hemrick, who I think is probably a pretty, pretty solid driver, will be out of a ride next year. It's it's very unfortunate, but I know a lot of people have already thought, like, how in the world is Austin Dillon not out of that ride? That's what more people are thinking of. But yeah. I can tell you right now, RC is not firing his grandson. I highly doubt that he would really, <laughs> really have to mess something Good up. Good point. Like, but, he really would, honestly. But he also fans. won. Like, that's the thing. Like, you guys know I am... I'm a fan of Austin Dillon's off the track. It is what it is. I like the guy. I think he has a little bit of the overused word of swag. He has it. And of course, I enjoy Miss Witwit, his wife. And I think Pop Pop has a little swag as well. (laughs) Now, my argument is that I'm tired of people always saying that he's in a ride because of his grandfather. Here's the thing about life. Stop hating. You can do that. His granddad is in a position to put him in a car. But more importantly, he's a one. Now, whatever you want to say about the circumstances of his wins, he's won two big races. I can roll off at least five drivers who haven't won in a while. I don't understand what the argument is. Well, I agree with that, Tim. I do get it. I understand. I just don't think. I get that he has. You know, obviously capture those wins. There's there's like nothing taking that away from him. I think there's also just a factor that people also don't really like him as much as you would think, right? No, they hate him and I don't understand yeah. why. Like, I'ma just say this. This is Because completely, they feel like it's a silver spoon, you know what I mean? Well, this is completely left field, but here's the thing. People who hate people with money really have issues. I'm just gonna put that out there. And you can't attract money. If you're too busy hating on people who got money. So that's just a little nugget for you guys to think about. It's like, I've said this before. I don't get why people hate Kim Kardashian. I don't understand why people hate that family. Think you don't have to like everything they do, but to hate them for what? They're living the American dream. Put out a sex tape and turn that and flip it into billions. Because between the sisters and the mother... They're worth at least a billion. Well, I mean, Kylie's supposedly the one sister by herself is worth a billion. My thing is stop hating and figure out how they did it. There you go. That's all that I'm saying. No, I get that totally, 100%. At least for when you're coming from that perspective, right? Like, I totally understand where where that lies. There are some people who literally just hate them for that reason, 100%. I get it. I do. Totally. But I just think that Overall, I feel like consistency-wise, I don't see why you make such a drastic move to get Daniel Hemrick necessarily out of that ride in his rookie year. Not two or three years, not a Eric Jones situation where he's been there for a while and just hasn't done much. And guess what? You know what? We'll actually throw this in there, too. For people who just overall hate Austin Dillon, he's a triple threat winner. And if you don't know what a triple threat winner is, he has a win in all three NASCAR National Series at the top level. Exactly. So is mm-hmm. a Xfinity champion and a now NASCAR Gander Outdoors Truck Series champion, right? Totally get it. He is. You can't take that away from him whatsoever. I get that. But 
I really don't think he was ever going to be out of that ride. He's got plenty of backing. There's just no sense in doing that. Unfortunately, Daniel Hemrick was caught in the crossfire of what even RC said he's wanted to do, which was get, go get, go out there and get Tyler Reddick. So it, it sucks, of course, given who yeah. who's you know moving out the car and everything. But just overall, it's a it's a tough it's a tough business. It, it's really really tough, and it's tough because if you don't come with that money, your ride can be in jeopardy in a heartbeat. It doesn't take much. It it really doesn't take much. And honestly, right now, there's not a glaring glaring difference between the two in terms of where they are in the points, but overall, consistency-wise this season, it seems like Daniel Hemmerg is the one who's leading the way. So it, it looks weird. It looks really weird for a, a lot of people. So I get it. I, I do, honestly, wholeheartedly. I hope he finds a ride next year, honestly. Well, I don't know where he's going to find a ride at because Matt DiBenedetto, he lucked up and got yeah. a ride. And there's only one situation. spot. I think there's only one spot really left for at least in Cup. And I don't think he would be the one that's in the crossfire for that and that is if you guys don't know that's front row motorsports number 38 that's going to be open because david reagan's getting ready to retire so yeah that ride's open but i imagine a ford driver this is just my guess and y'all can take this however y'all want i think there's a chance of cole custer being in that ride next year and possibly a Stuart haas and front row motorsports alliance and that may happen because i know they want to move him up that's my guess but i don't know Maybe if Cole Custer knocks off an Xfinity championship this year, which he definitely can do, that could literally be the domino effect. So, silly season is in full effect. Well, yeah. people are rooting for Cole Custer. So, sure. yeah. that's the difference. I feel as if nobody really cared about Daniel one way or the other, as in Daniel Hemmerich, not Daniel Suarez. Right. And I also think for Cole Custer as well, I think just overall this year with him racking up a couple wins, he's... He's really broken out of his shell. He was normally a very, very quiet person, didn't really say much. But now he's kind of broken out of that just based on what I've seen in interviews and, and working with him in person. Just a completely different person. But um, yeah, you know, I think there are people who are, are for Hemrick, but there's more so people who are obviously straight up to the end. How the hell is Austin Dillon that out the ride? That's the first thing I saw as soon as it happened. It was across the board everywhere. I'm sure if you search his name, that's going to pop up all for the rest of the you know, this week. Let's move on. And just a friendly reminder, if you haven't already, make sure to hit subscribe, whether you're listening to the podcast on iTunes that, well, it's not no longer iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whether you're listening on iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, where there, hit subscribe and leave us a comment. And we refer to the Twitter a lot on this podcast. So please join us on the Twitter as well as the gram as an Instagram. If you're already following us, you know, we give it to you rough and raw or raw and rough. No pun intended. Get your mind out the gutter. I don't know what you're thinking about that. But yeah, you know, we we give you behind the scenes and especially when we're at the track. So we posted a lot this weekend, a lot of good footage. Check that out. And yeah, so I guess we can go on to some predictions for Richmond. We won't do a fan comment this week. I mean, actually, my plan was to do one, but I'm going to leave it at that. I feel like it's so much that was said. You can just go on the Twitter or go on NASCAR Reddit or go on Instagram and check out what people had to say 
Because mainly everybody has something to say about Kyle Bush as well as the Daniel Hemrick situation. So on that note, let's go into some predictions. All right, here we go. It's time for Tam and Renee's Race Predictions. Renee, who you got? Here we go. We are at Richmond this weekend. Tam, Kenny, I think this whole Kyle Bush thing has gone straight to Kyle Bush's head. I think he's pissed off. I think he's frustrated. I think he's very emotional right now. And I think we all saw that this past weekend in Vegas. So look for him to put all of that as soon as he gets back in that car next Sunday. And I'm going to tell you, he is probably going to dominate that racetrack just because he can. And he probably will. And I think I'm probably 90% sure he will. If I have to go with an alternative pick, I'm going to stick with my man, Denny Hamlin. I've stuck with him for for pretty much the, the entire year. But if there's an alternative pick that I think is going to come out on top, it's going to be Denny Hamlin. But look for Kyle Busch to really um, set things straight this weekend in uh, Richmond. And uh, he's going to be in victory lane. No doubt about it. Those are my picks. And I'm sticking with them, you guys. Okay, Kenny, who you got? All right, heading to the Old Dominion State, Virginia, going to Richmond Raceway. Virginia's for lovers. It is for lovers. It is, <laughs> absolutely. That's their that. official slogan. I just wanted yeah. to add that. Sorry. It is. I, I need to move it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tim's right, so. like, no, you need to move to Vegas. Then, <laughs> Dude, on a side note, in the hotel, this is really random, really quick. In the ho- rent. Yeah, this is hashtag Tim's rent. In the <laughs> hotel, somehow my channel was on E and they had, of course, the reruns of the Kardashians and then that flip it like, how do you say his last name? Desic, which is one of the Kardashians' baby daddies. I hate oh, to yeah, use the word baby no daddy. But they, <laughs> they redid Steve, well, they didn't redo Steve Aoki's house, but they added some stuff to Steve Aoki's house in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. For those of you who aren't in touch with the EDM world, which is probably 99% of our listeners, but I know Renee knows who Steve Aoki is. Yeah. Steve Aoki used to be the, what was his name? The billionaire kid or something back in the day. But Steve Aoki. Actually, uh, the Benny Hunter. Well, I was going to say that Steve Aoki's dad owns well he did own benihana before he passed away it's a whole backstory i know all of steve aoki's whole history but saying that to say his house in vegas was sick i was like where is that house at and then one last random note there were grasshoppers all over las vegas when i say at that track i saw about a hundred grasshoppers in fact, somebody told me they had to clean some of the grasshoppers off the grill during the race. I'm not sure how true that is. I heard that was really bad. That's what my, my boss was telling me. It was no, really, it was really beyond bad. bad. And they wow. ha- and I was talking to someone who was telling me that not only does Vegas have a, pig- or a grasshopper issue, they also have a pigeon issue. Because when Mike Tyson lived there, you guys know Mike Tyson was into birds and stuff. When he lost his ranch, all the pigeons were there and somehow they just multiplied and got free. So that was definitely hashtag Tim's rant about the grasshoppers and the pigeons and Steve Aoki's fat crib. And I don't know what none of that has to do with anything, but Kenny, who you got for Richmond? <laughs> all right. So I got Denny Hamlin taking a win. I know that is one of his best tracks. And then, of course... I think I'm going to go once again this weekend as well as my alternative pick is Kyle Busch, who has also done well there. So I got it all gives 
front. How about you, Tam? What's going on? It's interesting you said Denny because Denny was one of the names that I was like, ah, but I, I want to agree with Renee when it comes to Kyle Bush for a number of reasons. One, because Kyle is got to do something to get back at everything that happened this weekend. But more importantly, Kyle's won how many times at Richmond? I mean, to be honest, Kyle and Kurt have won a lot at Richmond. Let's see. Mm-hmm. But then I want to go with Chase Elliott. And then I'm like, well, maybe Martin Truex Jr. can go back to back. So I have a couple of names that are are just out there. I'm going to go with Kyle Busch as my alternative and Denny Hamlin with the bounce back. Aha. There we go. Me and Tam going with the Denny Hamlin. <laughs> I thought you picked Kyle Busch. No, I did. But at least I knew that you had at least one of my drivers in your pick. <laughs> well, we picked the same ones, just in different orders. That's true. But nevertheless, Denny Hamlin is in. <laughs> anyway, hey, listen, guys, those are Tam's picks. Those are Kenny's picks. Those are my picks. What say you? You guys got picks? Let us know, just like Tam said. Hit us up on social media across the board. We use Twitter a lot, but hit us up wherever you want, whatever you like. At Turns No Breaks. Again, that's at Turns No Breaks. For Tam, for Kenny, and myself, we always appreciate you listening to our podcast, and we always appreciate your love and support. Please go and check our uh, podcasts out, rate, review us, leave us a comment. That means so much to us. For all three of us, once again, we will see you on another episode of All Turns, No Breaks. See y'all. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 